Welcome in, everybody, to this week's Five Aside episode, the show where we sprint through five things you need to know aside from the Five Stripes upcoming match. My name is Glenn Paisan, and joining me tonight is a woman who should have been a professional chef. It, it is Jennifer Taylor. Hello, Jennifer. How are you? I am just fantastic, uh, full of delicious Thai food and uh, ready to talk about soccerish things. First thing, Saudi Arabia, they're hosting the World Cup in 2034, or so it seems, because they're the only ones left standing. Australia pulled out. Johnny Infantino is quoted as saying, football unites the world like no other sport. World Cup is perfect showcase for a message of unity and inclusion. Different cultures can be together. Unification, that's what's happening here, right? It's not like bags of cash and backdoor deals. This is about bringing humanity together and showcasing um, you know, our strength as, as people. I am speechless. We, we all know what this is about. We all know that FIFA is corrupt. We just really, really, really like watching soccer so much that we're willing to put up with this. And yeah, cool. Alrighty. So, uh, the, the women's bid to, uh, Belgium, the Netherlands and, um, uh, and Germany. Yeah. That sounds like way more fun. Just say it. There's no denying that when you follow a global sport like soccer, there's dirty money. There's corruption everywhere. I know this. I support Chelsea. I am acutely aware of this. But this, for me, it's it's on another level. We know what's going on here. We know what Saudi Arabia has been doing over this past year and just dropping bags of cash. It's uh, it's sports washing, and uh, they are pivoting away from, from oil. And they will be doing so with uh, with the World Cup in 2034. And I assume that means we will probably have another winter World Cup just because of the weather. I mean, unpopular take, at least they're also trying to grow their home league, right? And bring more visibility to sure. the game on a you know full-time basis as opposed to Qatar, who has done absolutely nothing with the global football okay. showcase that they were handed. So I'm not for this, but I'm saying at least there's something else going on soccer-related. And mm. if you're going to put it somewhere in that part of the world, I guess Saudi Arabia makes sense because they already have club infrastructure that supports it. It's not that we don't want the world, the the game to grow in other areas of the world. Just be great if it was genuine and wasn't done by a regime that's a little dubious. Luka Modric, Luis Suarez, Olivier Giroud coming to MLS. Good thing? Or is this continuing to reinforce the retirement league? Before you answer... I would just like to make it very clear that I think we both agree having Olivier Giroud here. Look, the man already looks real good in red and black stripes. Bring him. We haven't had that level quality hair in this league since Tito departed. Mm. It's yeah, no, I mean, I'm here for all the pretty. I mean, that's why I signed up in the first place. Like pretty. Yeah. So I try, I try to be objective with things. I can't be objective with, with Giroux, but no. you brought up an interesting point because we've been talking about this, about how this is these three players and Messi coming here. Shame that Kristen wasn't able to join us tonight. This would have been a much longer pod if we had mentioned Messi. How this is able to be different than than years past with other big names that have come to MLS, like Zlatan, like a Rooney, 
So I, I think you have to start compartmentalizing it in a before and after type of phase because 10 years ago, the world was a very different place from a sports science standpoint. Uh, the evolution of what you can find out, how you can manage player fitness, player nutrition, things like that, and the performance level uh, because of all of this additional knowledge that we have has improved tremendously over the last five to seven years alone. So, you know, Zlatan notwithstanding, um, you know, I, I think, you know, Modric and Suarez and Olivier, they are still considered, you know, in like the prime of their career where they can demand top dollar contracts from European clubs. The difference here is they're choosing to come to, to this league potentially, right? Whereas before people were only going to come here as if this was the place that was going to pay them the most. Right. And, and they didn't really also, have maybe other good options. It was this or retire going to or Saudi some, Arabia. Saudi Arabia now is on the table for many. Um, or a, a lower league somewhere. It, it, it became more about just dollars and cents and limited options. You, you make a really good point that all three of these guys, even though they are getting on in years, are making a choice. And probably Messi is largely also a contribution. These are not players that are not performing at a level that you would expect them to perform for the salaries that they command. You're not just buying them for the name on the back of a kit. Hmm. And to compound that, I think bringing Messi into the league and what they're doing in Miami, the way they're manipulating the salary cap rules and things like that. I do expect that we're going to see a lot of changes and expansion of salary cap restraints because none of the owners in this league want to get steamrolled by Miami because Miami is the only team that can draw in players of that caliber. You are going to have people like Uncle Arthur. You are going to have people like uh, Will Ferrell and Matthew McConaughey and uh, you know a bunch of other owners that are going to want to open up their wallets and spend money to stay competitive. So I don't see it as a bad thing. What I hope is this is where we're at now for the next two to three years, maybe while Messi's here. But then four or five years after the World Cup is here again and the league continues to improve from a quality standpoint, we start getting the players, the Mbappes of the world, maybe not Mbappe, but like we start getting players choosing MLS over maybe La Liga, you know, certain teams in La Liga and certain mm-hmm, teams mm-hmm. in League One and certain teams in shh, the Premier League. Yeah. So, you know, that down the road, now that's years down the road, but you've got to start somewhere. You've got to open the door and build the bridge somehow. This is a perfect time to do it. It feels like a convergence, like everything coming together at the right time for this moment. World Cup 26, Messi coming. If if these other players are coming and that spurs some rules changes, um, salary cap, opening that up, additional DP, whatever it is. This is the perfect time to take those steps to grow this league so that when Messi is done, it's not just this sugar high flame out. We keep something rolling with, you know, with with those guys coming. The next group takes a look and the next group takes a look and 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 there's only going from there. And there's only so many more expansion franchises that they can put into the league and you cannot keep paying these players with expansion franchises. Right. So, you know, something's got to give in that regard. Moving on to MLS, end of season awards. Look, Messi can keep his ball indoor. Newcomer of the year, he'll never sing that. (laughs) <laughs> Yay! I'm actually I'm actually thrilled for I'm I'm thrilled for Gigi to get it. There was no one more. Okay, you might have made the argument that the guy whose name is escaping me right now for St. Louis definitely had a very positive impact and 
you know, whatever. But I, I don't feel like there was another player that came in and had the impact this season that Gigi did. And, you know, kudos no. to him. And I hate it's, saying it's, this. Kudos to Boca for getting it done. Oh, that hurt. That hurt real bad. Uh, but he was a ha- he was a hell of a signing, and and we're lucky to have him. And I hope he's happy, and I hope he wants to stay here for a long time. I was not surprised at all that Gigi won this thing. I was a little surprised that people were surprised. Well, I think the assumption is is you know you're nominating Messi, Messi. for literally showing up it's because a he signed a contract and he put on a pink jersey. So that was why Messi was getting. He played five league matches, scored one goal, yeah. and his team did nothing at all in the season, right? So, I, but I, the league has not stopped trying to make the entire league about Messi because that's what sells Apple TV subscriptions and that's how they're making money to the point where they're even having a, a showcase match of inner Miami against the Washington generals, AKA NYC FC for no other reason. I, I have no idea what's going on with that. It's like, Oh, okay. Let's have an extra to celebrate. Messi winning the Ballon d'Or for not even being here because nothing he did in MLS or League's Cup contributed to the fact that he won the Ballon d'Or this year. So yay for Messi and uh, sorry, Harlem Globetrotter fans. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's deserved for Gigi, though. Yeah. For what he's done, for the importance he's had to this team. And if let's be real, if he hadn't been injured and if he had started from the jump with us, I think he's... I think he's chasing after that golden boot and running away with it. Yeah, I agree. To be totally honest. Agree. Other awards, best young player. We got Tiago, of course, Duncan McGuire from Orlando striker and Aiden Morris, center midfielder from Columbus. For me, maybe I'm being a bit of a homer. I think it has to go to Tiago just based on stats alone. 2,730 minutes played, 11 goals, 17 assists. The kid is only 22, and he's going to go for a record-breaking transfer fee. That's not nothing. His XG was 9.54, expected assists 10.95. Then you had Duncan McGuire from Orlando, who only played 1,400 minutes, 13 goals, 3 assists. He's also 22. His XG was 5.28, and his expected assists was 2.20. And then Aiden Morris at Columbus. Similar amount of minutes to Tiago, 2,587, four goals, three assists. He's 21, XG of 3.35, ex, uh, expected assists of 2.48. We were talking earlier about just what each of these guys and for other awards too, for keeper and defender, what they mean to the team. I think we have seen, and I think the rest of the league has seen what Atlanta is with Tiago and what we are not without Tiago. Yeah, no, no argument. All those no arg- reasons. No, no Tiago. argument from me there. Although I do, I do think Duncan McGuire really hasn't gotten enough of uh, enough press or spotlight on him. He's had a heck of a season, uh, with and, and and it is a big reason, you know, that Orlando's had such. We don't like talking about this because we don't like talking about Bruno, but he's a big part of the reason Orlando has been so successful this year. Yep. So, um, Great. yeah, I, and I don't watch as much Columbus, but man, Aiden Morris drove me nuts on Wednesday. So, um, you know, Hey, probably going to uh, do I, I it again too. Right. I just, I just don't see a universe in which Tiago is not the best U 23 player in the, in the league right now. Agreed. MVP Lucho Acosta, Tiago Amada again. Uh, by the way, Tiago has already won one of these last year for, for a newcomer. So he's all right. And Denny Buanga, I think we both agree, hands down, it's Lucho. 
Yeah, it's 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 been Lucho's year, and and you know, look, you watch the guy. I watched him literally to tie that match up against Red Bull last night. I watched him literally steamroll three different NYC players who dove after them that like they were Wiley E. Coyote trying to catch the Roadrunner, and it was just never going to happen. Um, the, the little man is a bulldozer. Uh, and more yep. power to him because he's had he's had he's had the best season out of anybody in the league this year, and uh, it should be a foregone conclusion. This is his award. Goalkeeper Roman Berkey for St. Louis, another Roman. All the Romans, <laughs> Celentano, Cincinnati, who was clutch last night against the Red Bulls. Even though you could argue the Red Bulls kind of lost that in penalties themselves, cannot believe Tolkien missed that. Um, and Pedro Galese for Orlando. All their stats are pretty similar in terms of uh, goals conceded expected goals conceded the amount of saves clean sheets Celentano has 12 clean sheets the most out of all of them but we feel like Berkey just because of who St. Louis is and that they are a more defensive ish at least team and they relied on him more and without him they aren't where they where they got to they have been knocked out but they had a hell of a season they they had they had a really unexpectedly great season for an expansion club and their defense Completely is the reason unexpected. why and uh, I think I think Berkey was the key to that because you don't have that kind of defensive success unless you've got somebody lining it line, lining it up for you correctly in the in the in the back and that is goalkeeper out he's um, got more and, saves than anybody he has one hundred and twenty three saves compared to Celentano and Glace at eighty seven and seventy nine saves respectively that tells you this man's being shot on a lot. Yeah, and he he did he did a lot of work, and I think because of the offensive prowess of both Cincy and <sighs> Orlando, um, you could make the argument that you know their goaltending was not as crucial to their season success as it was Fair. in St. Louis. Defender of the year, it's Tim Parker, another one from St. Louis. Matt Miazga probably shouldn't talk fans when sitting on a yellow, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Okay, but it was, it was fun. It was, let, let's just let's just have a moment for how much fun it was to watch Red Bull cry and throw things on the pitch. It, it was, was fun. Fun. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. And then there's then there's Andrade from Seattle. We're going Miazga here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I there has not been a more annoying person to play against in the league, as far as I'm concerned, this year. The defenders he's are very annoying. And, you know, he's a potster and he's got really good ball movement, and he drove the lead he drove the east nuts and let's be real the east is a hell of a lot stronger than the west is this year comeback player this is where it starts to get a little more difficult joao paulo from the sounders alan Polito from sporting kansas and our own miles robinson all these guys have come back from significant injuries miles with his achilles uh, Joao Paulo with his ACL and a what's just been described as a knee injury, but he was out for about 12 months. Alan, um, most expensive player ever in Kansas City history. He had 14 goals this year, uh, one assist in like half a season. Let's make sure that we're clear about that. He didn't come back in true, June. true. So I think that's kind of why, and this is no disrespect to Miles, that I think we're going Alan here, yeah, just because of again. What he's meant to that team, sporting, is not doing what they're doing now. Yeah, they lost no. their first ten, and there might be a reason for that. Uh, and doing what they are now, Miles has been key, and Miles will be a big loss when he goes. We feel like Parada could be serviceable, and we might still be where we're at. Maybe 
or close to where we're at without miles, but sporting, there's no way. No, sporting doesn't make the playoffs without Polito. Not at all. Correct. And, uh, and, right. and I think we still make the playoffs without miles yeah. and yeah, miles is a big gaping hole at defense. I'm not saying Parada or Noah Cobb are as good as miles is and miles has come Certainly back and not. looked better than he did pre-injury. Like he looks like he hasn't missed a beat, but as far as who is the most critical piece that came back and like made a real difference for their team, I think it's Polito all day. 14 goals in half a season is no joke. That's also sniffing at the golden boot this year. He wasn't that far off the race and he only mm-hmm. played for half a mm-hmm. season. So um, I, I think you have to give him some credit for being the spark plug that turned KC around. And, you know, Casey just went out and took out St. Louis, who was the number one seed in the East. So there's something going on in the water over there. Not really sure, Agreed. but yeah. All right. Moving on to coach, probably the hardest to pick a clear winner for, but I think you have a really good argument uh, for who should win it. Got Bradley Carnell, St. Louis again. St. Louis is all over this list, y'all. Wilfred Nazi, know him well. Columbus and Pat Noonan from Cincinnati. So uh, I, I felt like Pat Noonan should have won it last year when since he finally turned the corner and he got everybody going and and whatnot. When they I think put down make... the damn spoon. And did yeah, something. I mean, look, it's a big deal though. Like it, it it's hard it to is. break a, a losing mentality in a locker room, and I give him major props for doing that. But he should have won the award last year, not this year, because this year they had no adversity. It was, you know, it's the dream season for them. Everything goes the way it should. You don't lose that many, you know, don't lose big players to injury. You know, you've got, you know, you've got a system, you've got a beautiful stadium, you got a great engaged fan base. It wasn't a hard job to put a winning team out there. Um, that said, uh, Bradley Cornell, obviously coming in expansion club who doesn't sign one DP. What is he supposed to do with that? Go out and win the West. I mean, that's a hell of a coaching damn, job right there. Damn near did it. Damn near you know, did it. Damn near, damn near did it. But, but my pick is going to be for, uh, Mr. Mr. Williford Nancy, because I think the man does not get credit enough for the level tactician that he is. Uh, I think he deserves some recognition for what he's built over there in Columbus, which is, I think really in an ideal universe, what every team in the in MLS, with the exception of Jim fucking Curtin, uh, would aspire to be because Jim Curtin doesn't actually want to play soccer. Anybody that wants to play soccer wants their team to look like Columbus does. But yeah, that's, also that's Columbus fair. has had to deal with some major adversity, lineup shuffling. Uh, Zeleon gone yeah, and Zellerion they had to figure gone, that out and they've compliant, figured and- it. They figured it out. It's no disrespect to St. Louis. And in fact, I mean, they did do it. They did win the West. They just yeah. got knocked out in the the first round. The first um, round by KC. By their biggest rival. That's awesome. By their biggest rival, who they spanked yeah. multiple times in multiple the regular times. season. But that's the playoffs in MLS. It's great equalizer. You yep. can have a you cannot win in your first 10. And you can have Johnny Russell come into the mic saying, I don't know how to fix this and turn it around in the second half of the season. It's incredible. It's incredible. It just goes to show you how much of a role momentum and form play in the United States. means everything. Mentality. Yep. All right. means everything. All right. Impact award. I'm good with any of these because I think they're all good guys, even the Philadelphians. So we we got Bedoya, Alejandro Bedoya from Philly. You got Darlington, Nagby, and Columbus, Taylor, Washington, and Nashville. I'm good with any of them. I know Taylor does a lot of outreach with like youth and local community stuff. He does good work. I think they're all good. I 
I'm good with any of these. I I hate I I hate Philly, but I also feel like you know yet another reason to hate Philly is the trash way that they are treating Alejandro Alejandro Bedoya right now. After guys literally giving his life to the club, and they're like, yeah, don't let the door hit you on the way out. Like, I mean, come on, be better. Uh, I'd like to see him get it on general principle because I feel like he has meant a lot to that city, yeah. and he's been the face of that franchise for so long. And you know the community level work that he does, like. You know, look, I I have a hard time, you know, with anybody, you know, when Joseph left, it wasn't like that. You know, there was a lot of tears and cry. We all knew what had to happen, but it wasn't like he wasn't treated like dirt. You know, Agreed. that's all I'm yeah. going to say about that. You don't tre- you don't treat the face of your franchise like dirt. It's such a Philly thing. Now for something completely random. Number four. This might be silly, but and late. I think this this TikTok trend was was months ago, but it popped back into my head this week for some reason. The whole, how often do you think about the Roman Empire trend? I don't know what that was about. I personally don't think about the Roman Empire ever. But from time to time, on a weekly basis, if I'm being real here, I think about being a Jedi, like a lot. Like, yeah, I, I don't know why. Star Wars soccer. Is it because you can't reach your beer and you need the force to bring your beer to your hand? Yo, the force would be like really convenient. I wouldn't use it to initially to just like, you know, go out and save, save the world or anything. I just, I don't want to get up. (laughs) I just don't want to go to the fridge, you know, just force me a beer. That'd be awesome. Um, I, I, and I've actually said this before. It's freakish how how much often I think about this of what it would be like to live that life. Like if if Star Wars was real, if being a Jedi, if all that shit was real. If somebody came up to me and offered me that chance, hey, you can go to a galaxy that's far, far away, and you can live that life. You, you Jedi, lightsaber, go to light speed, Tie Fighters, X Wings, all of that. It's all real. One catch. <laughs> There's one catch if you want to do it. You have to go now, right now. No goodbyes, no nothing. In this moment, say yes, I'm gone. I'm gone. I say yes. People will be all right with it. I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> you that boys being said, shiny toys, like for real. Uh-uh. No. Nope. That being said, is there anything that pops into your head? Like you just find yourself consistently think about other than the Roman Empire? Or do you think about the Roman Empire? You know, it's not normally the Roman Empire, but I'm one of those people that like always, I, I literally like, I'll be cooking something or I'll be drinking something or I'll be trying to pick out an outfit. And I'll be like, you know what? You know what would be really cool is if like I lived in this decade and then I could go like, oh, different okay. decades, like a different era of time. Like, well, you know, man, I wish tonight I was living in the 1920s. Cause then I could wear like these cute flapper clothes okay. and yeah. a cloche hat and I could drink bath gin out of a bathtub. And that would be really cool. Or, you know, I might say like, Oh, I wish I was, you know, living out on, you know, a homestead in the middle of nowhere when I'm baking my bread, um, because <laughs> they really knew what they were doing and how to live. And then I think about just how hard it would be to actually live in these other eras without, electricity and without modern plumbing and uh you know what happens when it's really really cold outside and you have to go use an outhouse so you're thinking of like the essentials like i was thinking like what do i do without an iphone and you're just thinking about how about indoor plumbing (laughs) so not 
That's my weird no. history brain is like, no, no, no. Okay. The actual like reality it. of living in ancient Egypt, right? Like, uh, you know, okay, did, did the Israelites actually bake bread on their backs like we were? Like, because, you know, it's feasible. You put the bread on the rock and the sun heats it up and it turns into some approximation of a cracker and that's what you do? Like, that's that's what I ponder while, you know doing random things in my life is, you know, what it would be like to live in a different decade or era where we don't have all the conveniences of home that we do now. So not only have you missed your professional calling, but you're born in the completely wrong time period. You know, all I really want to do is learn how to change my car clock to daylight savings time. If I could figure that out, (laughs) I'd be golden because right now I don't know what time it is when I get in my car. I know what time it is. We're running late on time. You'll forgive us. We're going to go over on this one, y'all. This is going to be a, a Qatar stoppage time uh, edition of this of this show. MLS Next Pro. They had some interesting rules implemented over the past couple of years. And just wondering if we would like to see some of those carry over to MLS. The first one being that trying to reduce using or faking an injury as a tactic as time wasting we see it constantly every fuck game you, Philly. Some, fuck you some teams more than others if a player and this is with mls next pro and i really like this rule if a player is suspected to have an injury and is on the ground for longer than 15 seconds a medical crew will come onto the field to evaluate the player and assist him off the field once the player is off the field the player will be treated by the staff and will be required to remain off the field for three minutes. I love it. On I one on role. one hand, it gives the staff, if there is a serious injury, the proper amount of time. You're not rushed, right? I'm sure that happens all the time. Get him up. We got to go. And maybe he shouldn't go. Maybe she shouldn't go. Maybe that player needs to come off. So you got the three Hi, minutes. My name is and- Joseph in Nashville in 2020. You should you have go. God only knows how much better it might have been if he had actually gotten off the field when he did it in the the first place. Sorry. Forced to come off. And if you're a Philadelphia type player and you're not really hurt, maybe you shouldn't roll around on the ground. Maybe Jim Curtin's got to tell his boys something else. Because if you do, and it turns out you're actually fine, you're going to miss three minutes. And that's an eternity. Three minutes is not nothing. I was surprised they went that long. I thought for sure, minute, well, maybe I, I two. This also partly addresses the issue with concussion protocol, right? And how we need mm-hmm. to do better in that. sport with concussion protocol. You yes. cannot assess a player properly regarding concussion. There's been a lot of discussion about concussion protocol subs and needing players to be off the pitch for 10 minutes to make sure that they're okay and like the concussion subs not counting as regular subs so i actually feel like this is a great bridge to at least help to minimize head injuries because you know look those balls come at you pretty damn hard uh i lord knows i don't want to take a header off an mls strength soccer ball um and these guys do it all the time and yeah it's a problem and it's a problem in youth leagues um especially you know with developing players so if you have this type of rule in at least the American Soccer Federation, I think it also helps a lot from a developmental league standpoint. Um, but yeah, I I, lo- I love the idea of this rule. And, and yeah, it should benefit teams like Atlanta that want to actually play soccer and not teams like Red Bull or Philly that don't. 
right? You should not be winning soccer games because you don't want to play soccer. You should not be, it should not be okay to hear your number come up for a sub and you just drop to the pitch because you have a cramp and there's no justification for it. The other rule, how about straight to penalties? No extra time. Three points for a win in normal time, one point each for a draw, and then an additional point for whoever wins in PK. So you could have uh, two points in a game. Two one. Do we like that? And do we think that could carry over to MLS? Uh, I don't like it, but I don't really like penalties as a general rule. And I think that's just really, really pandering to America in general, who doesn't understand the concept of not everybody wins and not everybody loses. Like for whatever reason, America is not really good with gray and it has to be black and white. Um, So I, I don't love it because I don't love penalties and I don't love points and matches especially regular season match whatever but like I'm watching the penalty shootouts and like the chaos that it is we deserve better than that we deserve golden goal we deserve to see these teams actually play to determine a winner in a winner take all kind of match situation so I'm not against it because I feel like you know in the regular season because it would I feel like it might create more interest and casual observation Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. people could understand the sport better but you know when it comes to end of season or the World Cup or other high-level tournaments, I hate no. penalties. Yeah, it's, agreed. It's just such a crapshoot. It negates any sort of of advantage that a home, you know, that that a team has by winning more matches during the year, or you know, state of play. It negates all the momentum state of play that you've just invested an hour and a half, or you know, two hours, or however long you know the matches of of time. Like you just negate it all by you know this gut punch of a stupidity like let's all shoot you know goals and yep. you know maybe one in 12 get stopped really wouldn't help atlanta we've never won a penalty shootout please <laughs> god do not let tuesday night go to penalties <sighs> last rule new red card suspension rule so if a player receives a red card that player will serve the resulting one game suspension against the same team that he received the red card against so I like doesn't this. really work in this league, does it? It doesn't really work in this league. And the only thing I kind of like about this is the idea of like the end of match hockey brawls that it would lead to. Because if there's no onus for anybody to, you know, for you to sit out the next match, why aren't you going to throw down, you know, throw, throw the gloves and uh, go at it, you know, in the 93rd minute, because you're not going to see this team for another three years. If, if one of our guys gets a red straight red or two yellows they would reply to the in this both instances would be the same thing um against a western conference opponent that we're not going to play against shoot go go in two-footed on someone because that suspension isn't going to mean anything because you're not going to have to serve it because you're not going to see la galaxy again you're not going to see austin again i hope we get to go to austin next season by the way but i, I, I really want to go to yeah yeah unless yeah. this was you know, like in the EPL where you're going to play every team twice. But even then, if it's the second time you're playing them, what you're not going to serve it again. I don't think that rule really works. It's it's an interesting concept, but applied here. Mm, I think I it makes it. more sense in the context of lower league, lower level leagues that are far more regionally based where you're playing those yeah, opponents, you know, three or four times Two, three, in a four, season five where, times, yeah. yeah, it might make more of an mm-hmm. impact, but I don't think mm-hmm. that that mm-hmm. makes sense. And I think it does take the sting out of the point, you know, part of the, you know, the reason you don't want to red is, you don't, you know, look, you know, we just talked about it, dude from you know, Cincinnati's best defender isn't playing in the conference semis because he's stupid. 
he makes a stupid choice. Fair enough. So, yeah. Yep. Agreed. All right. The the ref has blown for full time. We went we went a little past, but there was there was a lot to get through with the uh, with the MLS wards in particular. So appreciate you all listening for through all of that. We will be back sooner than later. Actually, just Wednesday night because we got a match on Tuesday that I will be there for. You will be there for. I will be and, there. Glitter up. And, and Kristen might be there as well. We might have all three of us there. And I believe, I think AJ is going to be there as well. It's going to be a good time. And here. look, for what it's worth, y'all, we have a decent record in midweek games. For one reason or another, Tuesdays, Wednesdays have been fairly kind to us though columbus has not you know you know what else we have a decent record in we have a very decent record wearing the 404 kit and we will be sporting we will be sporting the 404 kit don't forget to wear your black your 404 kit your black kit all yep, black, black it out y'all yep black it out black it out black it out on tuesday and uh we will see you down at the bends come say hi we'll be at reverb before the match and then probably hanging out in lot 17 after the match but uh yeah come say hi Come find us. All right, y'all. We will be back next week for a new Five Aside. We'll be back Wednesday for a new Five Takes episode. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you then. Rawr.